It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, girlies. It's Izzy popping in with a little PSA recorded today, uh, Friday morning Australian time, to say that we recorded this episode on Wednesday morning, and in it we speak a lot about the first two episodes of the Sex and the City reboot. And just like that, today, a few hours ago, two sexual assault allegations against one of the show's main actors, Chris Noth, came to light, which is obviously really disappointing and upsetting for any fans of the franchise and, of course, the women involved. Just a heads up, this chat would have been a lot different had these allegations come out earlier, and we'll, of course, discuss them in detail next week. Feel very sad and disappointed, and I don't even think Grace has woken up to the news yet. So, love you all, and now back to our regularly scheduled programming. Recording. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good Is night. He's at the White Lotus. I'm basically at the White Lotus right now. I can't believe it. I just showed Grace a video of, like, we video called and I showed her where I am right now. I just got here an hour ago and I'm in the Cayman Islands, very fucking random, at this insane resort that is literally like the White Lotus. <laughs> It's crazy. It's so nice. I can't, I actually can't believe it. I feel like you're going to get up to all sorts of White Lotus style shenanigans. You can be the Jennifer Coolidge. You can go badger a masseuse into being your friend. I've already befriended everyone who works here. There's cocktail hour in one hour's time. And my boyfriend got here a day before me and convinced all the bartenders to make spagliados. So that's what I'm going to after this. I've already had a few vinos at the beach, I might add. What's a spagliato? I've already forgotten. It's an Italian style champagne thing. 
Let me see. They're really good. Spag. Spagliato is. Oh, that's right. It's like a Negroni meets Aperol spritz, kind of. Sounds nice. Ingredients Prosecco. Yeah, Prosecco, Vermouth, Campari, Club Soda. Or you can have it with Negroni, which I think is what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And you're in Melbs? I'm in Melbourne. I have some exciting news I haven't told you yet. Oh my God. Which is that Mark McGowan, my long term nemesis, has opened the border. And I'm going back to Perth, baby, to see the fam. Oh, that's so nice. So nice. He's not opened it till Feb 5th, so I've got to stay here an extra couple of weeks. Sorry, just warning you. No, that's so nice. A little Christmas miracle. So I'm going back to see my family in Perth. Tilly texted me 27 minutes after the announcement, very on the ball, and I just jumped on and booked. And flights to Perth are in high demand at, like, it went up by like $50 within three minutes or something as I was trying to book. It was crazy. Wow. Yay. Get to see Coral. Cause I can come on the pod. I know she can come on the pod. I'm doing like a grand tour of Australia. That's so nice. Been to Canberra, been to Melbourne, <laughs> going to Perth, might go to Adelaide. I'm doing a grand tour of Cayman Islands. But no, I just actually, so on the way here, I don't even think we explained this on the pod pod, but we explained it on the Patreon I'm here for Christmas and New Year, escaping the London winter because my boyfriend is here for work. And on the way, one of my best friends lives in New York and you have to do a stopover anyway. So I stopped in New York to visit her for a couple of days. And boy, have I had a New York minute. Mm -hmm. I had a New York minute. So I went to an op shop, a vintage shop called Beacon's Closet, which I actually found out about on TikTok. Nice. And... I was looking through it was really good there's one in manhattan and one in brooklyn and i came across a long sleeve hot pink shirt that had michael jordan child macaulay culkin and michael jackson on it and i was flicking through it i was like lol this is so funny and i got out my phone to take a photo and send to you with the word no because obviously of the michael jackson allegations yes. and then I looked up at that very split second, which sounds like a lie. That's how crazy it was. And Macaulay Culkin walked into the shop (laughs) and my heart like stopped. And I was like, and because also I never noticed. So I wouldn't, I a hundred percent wouldn't have noticed it was him in the shop. If I had, wasn't looking at him as a child when, when he walked in, (laughs) cause you just, you would miss that. And he walked in with his wife. I didn't even know who his wife was or anything afterwards. Even though I knew it was him afterwards, I Googled to like double check. And they walked in and I was like, oh, my fucking God, and quickly shoved all of the clothes along so he wouldn't see himself as a child with Michael Jackson on a hot pink shirt. I wish you bought the shirt. And then his wife had to ask me to move. His wife asked you to move. Mm. He's quite short, isn't he? Remember reading that or seeing him somewhere? No. (laughs) He is, isn't he? Was it not Macaulay Culkin? He's like... Oh, yeah, I guess he's, like, reasonable height. He's normal height. How tall is he? 1.7. It's, like, my height. Uh, yeah. All, yeah. All roads lead back to discussions about height on this stupid podcast. I know. He didn't seem short, and his his wife's quite short, though. And, yeah, anyway, so that was crazy and shocking. When I'm in L.A. or New York, I never see anybody, and you're, like, a, a, a magnet for it. Yeah, 
that was just really, really, really weird because it sounds made up, but I swear to God, I was staring at him as a child on a hot pink t-shirt as he walked into the shop and it just, it made my heart jump out of my chest. That's how fucking weird it was. And then yesterday I went to this really cute French brasserie in Manhattan and it was the day after the succession finale, which I haven't caught up on and I'm so upset. Have you seen it? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Apparently, he, apparently it was amazing. Apparently, he was amazing in it. Yeah, it's amazing. And I was sitting at this French brasserie. I took myself out for breakfast alone, which I was feeling completely fine about until they came over and gave me a glass of champagne, which is what they give all of the solo diners. Oh my god! I love this location. No, I was like, that makes me feel jade. <laughs> felt fine until they brought me champagne to be like, sorry, you're by yourself. <laughs> and then I was like, oh jade me. And then I ordered fries and anyway these this couple beside me came came in and their friends were already there and they go to their friends do you guys watch succession and their friends were like no and then they go oh and then sit down they're like oh well you won't understand but um the season finale was last night and the main guy is came in here right behind us and then i like glanced around like a fucking hawk and couldn't see anyone so i was like oh god i've already missed whoever it was. And I was like, it has to have been like Kendall or the dad or Roman. Two Colkins in one weekend. You should be so lucky. I know. And then um, I was like, but he must have already come inside. And then next minute, Kendall comes in and sits two people down from me. So beside the people who were freaking out. Oh my God. Was he by himself? Yeah. And we caught eyes and he smiled at me. No, he was with a guy, just a guy with like a they both looked very – they looked the opposite of their succession characters. They looked very rugged. He had heaps and heaps of layers on, really baggy clothes. Yeah, he's very stylish. So I read The New Yorker did a fantastic profile on him like a week ago. And he's super, super serious. Like he always quotes like Baudelaire and T.S. Eliot just in the middle of conversation, which sounds really pretentious, but he just seems so cute. So I like it. Yeah. And he said that when he was a poor, struggling actor, he would spend all his money on like one Dries Van Noten shirt or one Prada shirt and he would wear it every single day and have like nothing else. So he's a, a stylish king. Oh, cute. Yeah. And then, so yeah, I haven't seen the succession finale, but really, really need to desperately catch up. I might do that while I'm at the White Lotus retreat. And then I saw Tommy Dorfman. That was the final one. It's oh, nice. The trifecta of New York it people. Okay, let's just get the big important topic done first. I can't possibly wait till the end of the episode to discuss. No, and there's no like need that, to anyway. I so and just like that, the Sex and the City reboot. The first two episodes are out. I obviously watched as they came out, and again rewatched. 1.5 episodes and fell asleep last night in preparation for this discussion. I feel like I finally got my head around my thoughts. Yeah. So I watched it on the big screen at home by myself. And my initial reaction was, well, do you know what? The hard thing is, is I feel like everyone else's judgment always clouds what you actually think. Mm-hmm. So when now when I think back, I was actually enjoying watching the show as I watched it but then I was having all of these people messaging being like oh my god it's so bad rah 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 and then you start I mean there were a lot of elements that (laughs) left much to be desired I would say but overall it is nice to see the girlies back on the screen 
Yes. After so many years. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I think it's that thing where there, there was so many kind of strange moments or like talking points that people are talking about those so much that it feels like all the noise is saying how bad it was when it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. There was just these bad elements that everyone is taking up so much of the dialogue around the show. Yeah, so this show picks up in modern time, basically catching up with the ladies. The last movie was around 10 years ago, so 10 years on from when we last saw them. They're in New York. They're having their quintessential New York brunch together. Samantha's gone, so the big question was how they were going to handle Samantha's absence because Kim Cattrall refused to come back and had a huge fight with Sarah Jessica Parker. And I think it's important to note that the show is not another season of Sex in the City. It's called And Just Like That because it's an entirely different show. So the tone and the vibe and the energy of it is different because it's, it's meant to be something completely different and separate but with the same characters. Mm, yeah, and so it's super modern in terms of they even reference COVID and the pandemic. I think one of the biggest things is you know sex in the city was obviously very tone deaf and people have said so many times that it wouldn't work in the modern day and i think the writers have very much taken that on board in a way that kind of did suck quite a lot of the fun out of it because they were so worried about being woke and so worried about being politically correct that that it's like that thing that you always say where you say you know comedians on stage there's like so many jokes they can't make now that it was just I don't know, it felt a bit stale. And then I feel like maybe they could have done that and it would have been fine if they hadn't gone so crazy with this woke storyline. So Miranda becomes, Miranda basically quits her law firm and goes back to study because she wants to, wait, what was she going back to study? She was like, the, the writing was like quite clunky in some parts and that bit where she's like, you guys, I have to go to school tomorrow because as you know, I'm doing a master's degree to expand my law practice so I can do human rights. Like it's so clunkily yes. done. Yeah. She's going back to expand her legal repertoire. Yeah. Because she said she, she found out about the Muslim ban or something and it made her so sad that she went back to study human rights and then what I found really shocking about this is what they end up doing is making Miranda this really clunky Karen character who is trying to who's like red white fragility and she goes to class and on her first day she insults her professor who's black and who has braids and it was kind of it felt a bit off for me because you wouldn't think of Miranda as being that character You would think Charlotte would be like that, if anyone, or Carrie. I think my biggest beef with the show was is it felt like the characters were, like, not in keeping with who the show had spent years setting them up to be. Miranda was always so savvy and smart and politically engaged and sure of herself. And even it's like little things that people have made funny comments about on Twitter, but how they said it doesn't make any sense that Charlotte listens to the podcast and Miranda's like, what's a podcast? I'd never listen to podcasts because she she's such an archetypal, like the daily listener. <laughs> and she's someone that, you know what I mean? She's meant to be engaged in all of these hot political topics, but then she's not across. It's tiny things like that that just feel like they don't fully get to the root of who these characters are. But at the same time, I kind of think it's refreshing that they're saying, 
you know, dumb white chicks like us think because Miranda was mildly woke in this super elite privileged group of white women in a show in the 90s that therefore she'd be completely up to speed with like the jargon of political correctness or whatever today is misguided. She's the exact kind of person that thinks she's not the kind of person that would do that and would actually do that because she her bubble is so small. So I kind of think in that way it's it's making you reassess these characters through this new lens, which I think is really important. But I feel like they're just giving too much to Miranda. I was like, she's got like eight, 18 different plot points set up already. Yeah, I think that as well with Carrie. So Carrie, as we kind of knew in the trailers, has a podcast. But what you come to find out in the first episode is it's not her podcast. She's been invited on a podcast by this person called Shay. And there's another... So there's three of them that do this podcast together. And the podcast is about... What is it about sex and dating and kind of raunchy things, right? Yes. And then Shay, I think, gave Carrie the job because Carrie in the 90s was like known as being this really sex-positive feminist who was writing all these things in this column that was really crazy at the time. So Shay and people in generations younger than Carrie think of her as being this person that she's actually not. And I was thinking that, that I feel like that makes complete sense because yeah. people were just like, oh, as if Carrie would be afraid to talk about sex on a podcast. And I was like, no, I think Carrie kind of would be because her column was never that raunchy. No, it was so prudish. Yeah, she'd be like big colors outside of the lines. And she would say that just to carry, um, just to Samantha, Charlotte and Miranda over lunch. It was it was really PC. And so I think it's that was that thing. It kind of reminded me of even just like the way we view, and I know she was obviously far more forward-thinking than Carrie, but the way we view like Naomi Wolf and people like that today, mm. where we think because she wrote the beauty myth, she's completely across what's happening now and should be someone whose voice we listen to when she's actually come out and like said all this crazy anti-vax stuff. Yes, I 100% agree. I think that fully made sense that Carrie was like that. I kind of – we listened to the Every Outfit pod about this and they had kind of – planned out what they thought some of the plot points were going to be. So they were comparing that with what actually happened. And a lot of their ideas I thought were like better than what they ended up doing. But they predicted that the podcast was going to be Carrie's podcast and that would be the narration of the show, like how in the original show the column was like the narration of each episode. And to me I was like that kind of would have worked a little bit better if Carrie had her own podcast and it was not cutting through or getting an audience or it was she was struggling to find her tone or voice because she couldn't compete with these other things that were being raunchier. And I don't know. I, I, yeah, I mean, there's kind of legs, I guess, in terms of like how far that concept will go. Mm. But yeah, it was kind of funny how they just didn't do the voiceover and then just suddenly added it for like three seconds at the end of each episode yes like it just it's going to keep ending with and just like that blah 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 (laughs) yeah okay so there's obviously so there's so much to discuss but should we start with samantha yeah so at the start of the first episode they explain samantha's absence from the show as her having moved to london the reason she's moved to london is because she's fallen out with carrie because carrie dumped her as a publicist which already so many red flags, so many alarm bells are going off here. Samantha Jones. The Samantha Jones. Did not <laughs> give a shit 
If like would not give a shit if Carrie dropped her as a publicist. Are you joking? Enough to move to London and cut out her three best friends from her life. Like at least make something believable up. What? Yeah, this is what I mean about how like they're doing the characterizations dirty. Yes. Where that is just so not in keeping with how you've set Samantha up to be. She's like so no bullshit. She doesn't care about like this stuff. She's never had any sensitivity around what do you call it, uh, business thing. She's always meant to be this cutthroat like a man person. She helped carry out with her book tour in season whatever as a favor because she's meant to be so big and famous that her taking on Carrie is just her being nice as a friend. We certainly don't get the sense that Carrie's so popular at this point that it would be a huge loss to Samantha to like not represent her yes. anymore. And she's such a loyal, her whole thing about friendship was like loyalty. So this they, this idea that she would suddenly disappear just seems so unbelievable, especially with how the rest of the episode goes, what the big plot point that happens within the first two episodes. It's just, it's almost like it felt kind of catty and snarky to me in the sense that like the dialogue of being, you know, I thought I was more than an ATM to her and I thought our friendship meant more than this and blah, 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 all this stuff felt kind of pointed at Kim Cattrall. Mm. And then the fact that they then do this plot point where the fact that she still doesn't appear makes her just seem like a bad person just seems like they're they're kind of casting this huge shadow over Samantha's character in general, which just feels a little bit, I don't know, I don't like it. But do you think the reason that they sent her to London is because they want to give, they didn't kill her off because they want to give her a chance to come back? Maybe. Because obviously they could have very easily killed her off. And it would be more simple than this. Yeah, that's true. Someone said they should have just not referenced her at all, but I think that would have been impossible. Yeah. Because everyone would have just been waiting. It was funny how big of a loss it kind of was or how big of a you could really tell that she wasn't there. I just I didn't even think it was going to be like that, but just even just, yeah, the whole dynamic was off. She was really like the star of the original series, I think. Yeah. She captured everything about it that was fun and funny. She had always had the funniest lines and made it so silly and camp, kind of took it into that sphere. So, yeah, I think we can talk about this, but there was a lot of odd tonal moments where you don't understand what the tone is meant to be. And I feel like the absence of her makes it like even harder to figure out if they're trying to be funny or serious. Where do we think Samantha Jones lives in London? I would say Chelsea, a Chelsea like Mm. brownstone or something. They don't call them brownstones in the UK. I could see her living in Holland Park where the Beckhams live. Mm -hmm. Also a good option. A Notting Hill gal. A kind of big, beautiful apartment in Mayfair or something. Yeah. Yeah, someone put up a tweet saying, forget Emily in Paris, we want Samantha in London. I know. That would be like a great thing if the HBO gave her a spin-off series in London. <laughs> it would be so But good. I think she's done with the character and then she can do a passive-aggressive rebuttal to the Sex and the City narrative about her. So, you know, she, she started liking people's tweets. Did she? Over the weekend, yeah. So she liked several posts that discussed her decision to leave Sex and the City. Someone wrote, Kim Cattrall, I'm such a fan. With the Sex and the City reboot happening, they keep bringing you up. I applaud you for making choices that are right for you. She liked that. 
Another one, Kim Cattrall didn't return to SATC because her scatting career is finally taking off. What does scatting mean? It's like in jazz, right? Is it? Oh, I right. I just, I had no idea. But she liked that. And just like that, I find myself only wanting to watch anything Kim Cattrall is in. This is a Kim appreciation tweet. She liked that. Aww, that's nice. So she's not being like bitter and cynical and saying mean things about it. No, it's just about her. Every outfit also said something very iconic at the end of their recap where they said if Kim Cattrall came back, she'd have to come back dating Pete Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to see that. I mean, okay, wait. So let's talk about – should we talk about Miranda a bit more? Yes. Yeah, we need to. There's there's more to say. Yes. So – As we've said before, I think everyone, a lot of fans have kind of thought Miranda might have a gay storyline. And I think that the first couple of episodes are setting that up. So she is drinking a lot, (laughs) clearly has an alcohol problem. Which is, again, like such a random twist. Well, I would say she would be drinking a lot because she's trying to ignore that she wants to leave Steve because she's gay. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that will be it. Poor Steve, Jada Steve with his strange hearing loss storyline. <laughs> Deeply unsexy. They're like, Steve's deaf now anyway. I was like, what's happening? Yeah, and those two clearly don't bust. <laughs> There's no sex in this I know it's not. A, I know it's not sex in the city, but except for two truly heinous scenes, which we'll get to. Yuck! With yeah, with Brady. I was watching it with Zach's parents, and when Brady was having sex, Zach's mum's quiet for like the first like thirty seconds, and she just goes, "This is disgusting." I was like, "Yes, it is." <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was. He's meant to be seventeen. I was like, I feel like a pedophile watching this. Yuck! And I felt sick as well because. I Googled it and he is, in fact, the Brady baby from the show. So it made me feel even weirder. Ooh. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah. So, yeah, Miranda is an alcoholic. She's going back to school. (laughs) She's a Karen. She then she went off at Brady for smoking weed, which also felt random. Yes, that's what I mean. I, this is there were so many things where I was like, that doesn't feel very Miranda-y to be that extreme about it. You'd think she'd be a bit wry or she'd be like make a a funny joke about it. Instead, she's like hysterically screaming like a banshee. Mm. So Shay, who's the character that Carrie has the podcast with, and who Miranda screams at because. They're having smoking a joint with Brady. Shay, I was like, how do I know this person? Yes. Grey's Anatomy, baby. I know. I had to do the same what? thing. I had to Google it. Took them. me so long. Same. I was like, I know this face. It is burnt into my brain, but I cannot place it. That was an iconic um <laughs> Iconic reveal. Iconic reveal. Okay, so we're dancing around a big thing that happened at the end of episode one, and that is that (laughs) Mr. Big on his 1,000th Peloton ride (laughs) with Allegra, who I texted you and said, is Big bossing Allegra and you didn't text me back because you knew that what actually happened. I know. I was like, you wish Big was bossing Allegra. Yeah. 
he had a heart attack. At the same time, it was cutting back and forth between Lily, Charlotte's daughter, Charlotte's teenage nerdy little daughter, playing piano and doing this crazy piano thing, which Charlotte had made Carrie go to the recital or performance or whatever. Instead of going to the Hamptons with Big, Big jumps on his Peloton for his 1,000th ride and then falls off it and starts having a heart attack. I can't remember what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. The funeral is when Brady's smoking weed and then Miranda yells at him and goes, maybe I should die too so you can try crack. She goes, maybe I should kill myself so I can try crack. It's just so out of left field and crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was like, what? It was so insane. That was like the most wild moment. I screamed. That is a perfect example, I think, of the the main issue I had with the show where I was like, is that meant to be funny or serious? Yeah. Because I I get that she's like, it's a funny line, but she, she's being so hysterical that it doesn't feel wry and funny. Like Miranda would usually deliver it. So I'm like, wait, is she genuinely like really stressed and upset right now? Or is she being a funny mom? There was so many weird kind of moments like that. Did you cry when Big died? No, I didn't. Wow. I cried. I kind of saw it coming. I saw it coming pretty early. I just had the energy that they were going to kill him off. They were very obvious about it. They were too cuddly and loved up and I was like, something's going on here. That dancing scene was very uncomfortable where they're playing Ted Rundgren and then Big singing and Carrie's dancing with him. That whole scene just felt super strange and then – yeah, as soon as she walked out the door, I was like, there's an ominous feeling. And then I said he's going to be killed off on the peloton. So I didn't cry. I don't know. Mm, I, I cried when that happened. And then I cried in episode two a bunch of times. Aww. But I'm a crybaby, so that's not saying much. But what happens as well is Bloody carries at this recital. She texts Big and says, should we go to the Hamptons tonight or whatever? And he said, let's go tonight. And he sent that. And then immediately, that was when he got off the Peloton, turned on the shower to get in the shower and then collapsed. Someone at Vulture, an incredible piece of investigative journalism, tried to work out whether Carrie could have saved Big's life if she'd called 911 when she walked Mm. inside the apartment. So when she walks inside the apartment, he's collapsed and he's still alive and he looks at her For honestly, like, 15 seconds, she's just frozen there while they look at each other. And then she screams and runs towards him and her amazing wedding shoes get wet in the shower and it's all very sad. But instead of calling the ambulance, she just screams and, like, pulls his torso around the shower and, like, cries. So they did this piece and the journalist got their friend, who's a cardiologist, on and <laughs> interviewed them. Amazing. And they also worked out, so they worked out the specifics, exactly how long was Big chilling on the floor near the shower. His heart attack begins at this time, like, rah, 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 Carrie checks her phone, hails a cab. They live at 1010 5th Avenue, which is a 16-minute drive away from the Manhattan School of Music on a no-traffic night. This is a Thursday in Manhattan. It could go either way, but I'll give this one to Carrie. So, rah, rah, rah. They live on the 15th floor penthouse. She, like, works it all out. So she says that it's about half an hour that Big would have been collapsed on the floor. So then she gets the cardiologist on 
Do you know the character Big and are you familiar with his heart history? He was like, I know him, but I'm not aware of his cardiovascular history. <laughs> she was like, so Big had to get an angioplasty in season six because they found a blockage. He recovers when we revisit him in the first episode of the sequel series. He's taking nitroglycerin glycerin pills. Rah, rah, rah. Carrie goes to this concert across town. Big's puffing a cigar and talking about going on his Peloton. The cardiologist says, it's a great idea to do Peloton, but I would certainly avoid any tobacco products. Anyway, basically, the end result is I calculated he was having a heart attack for roughly 30 minutes before Carrie found him. Is it possible to have a heart attack for that long and still be conscious? Absolutely, very much so. So she gets home, walks into the bathroom, sees him on the floor, rah, rah, rah. If he was still conscious and she called 911 right away, is there a chance he would have survived? For reference, they're an eight-minute drive from Lenox Hill Hospital. Mm? And the guy said, absolutely. Oh, my God. So usually the way that a heart attack kills somebody is the blockage of an artery, blah, blah, blah. Basically, they're saying what she needed to do when he went unconscious and lost a pulse, she needed to immediately start CPR, feel for a pulse, call for help, and start chest compressions. And then once EMS came, they could have resuscitated him immediately. Carrie, it's very on brand for Carrie to accidentally kill Big by being useless in a, a crisis. Yeah, and then and then the guy goes, so did she just sit there? And then the journalist goes, she held him and screamed. <laughs> And then the cardiologist goes, she needed to do CPR. This is a PSA. If you see somebody lose consciousness, the first thing you need to do is feel for a pulse. If there is no pulse, you call EMS and start chest compressions without delay. You can definitely save people's lives that way. He did not need to die. Oh, my God. That's so dark. I'm going to cry at that news. Big was needlessly killed off. Yeah. Even why did they not think about that? I know they were trying to create a dramatic moment, but it did feel a bit jarring yeah. that the first thing you wouldn't do is call an ambulance. Yeah, that, I think that was all anyone was thinking about that whole time. I think, I don't know, I don't know why it didn't make me cry because I really love, I love the character of Mr. Big. And I think Chris Noth is like a genius in how he played it. And I think they both played that scene really well. But they, they, they're not like some great love story, you know what I mean? Like they're kind of a chaotic weird partnership that you like watching on screen but you're not I don't know I don't I don't have like an emotional investment I don't think in them as like like if it was Charlotte and Harry I would genuinely be quite upset I think (laughs) but carrying big I'm just like I don't know I don't feel that thing Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. 
And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. That brings us to Susan Sharon. The randomest character to revive for the thing. I was assuming that, that was, they just asked everyone because they bring back Mitzi Von Muffling and Susan Sharon, who are like fairly random cameo characters, like bit part characters. And it was really fun to see them, but I was, I assumed they just put out the bat signal to anyone that was around. And those two came back, so they wrote them into the show. But then apparently every outfit said that they'd those two characters were specifically written into the third movie script, so that's why they brought them back. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah, so Susan Sharon, I had no idea who she was and I had to Google it. And Marie Claire Australia actually mm. relently did a, an amazing SEO piece that popped up first. Um, <laughs> who is Susan Sharon, Sex in the City? So, yeah, I didn't know. She was in an iconic episode, season two episode, and Susan Sharon has a really mean husband and Carrie tells her to leave him and then Carrie gets lumped with her when she moves into her apartment and then Susan Sharon blames her for telling her to leave her husband and she's a cashmere saleswoman. Right. So then at the funeral she says, am I the only one who remembers what a prick he was to her? And that was a very funny moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, very good. What else? Yeah, Jonah Hill put up an Instagram saying, why didn't Carrie call 911 immediately? Yeah, loved having his input. I, what's his name? The big act, Mr. Big Actor? He was Chris paid knows. $5 million for that episode. Are you serious? $5 million US dollars for that episode. Because I know he doesn't like playing the character anymore, so that kind of makes sense. Mm. Maybe he only agreed to do it if he was killed off. But, I mean, he did a fantastic job of dying. <laughs> Yes. Okay, that leaves us with Charlotte. Charlotte. And there's not too much to say about what's going on in Charlotte's world. There's not that much that happened with her that was unexpected, but then, as you say, not much really happened with her at all. It was nice to see Harry again. He's looking a little gaunt. Is he? I didn't even notice him. Yeah. So there's Lily. What's the other? There's there Rose. another Rose. And is Rose, did Rose say they were non-binary or are they just? No, I think that's not another feminine. plot point that they're going to lead to. Yeah. That they might explore. Yeah. Charlotte, yeah, nothing really going on with her. She's just obsessed with being a mum, private <laughs> school mum, found a new friend who she is another mum friend who she's trying to become close with. As every outfit said again, it would have made so much more sense if Charlotte was the alcoholic. Yeah. A secret alcoholic. Had developed an al- a drinking problem in lockdown or something. I'm hoping there's yeah. like an unexpected thing that they're going to bring out in regards to her as like a fun left of field thing. But they have they really haven't set anything up. Apart from, yeah, her being that kind of helicopter parent obsessed with their child's success. Yeah. What did you think of the fashion? Because Patricia Field, who is the OG costume designer, 
has defected to go to Emily in Paris, which feels like a crazy decision. Such a crazy decision. People think it's out of loyalty to Kim Cattrall, but I don't know. I actually, to be honest, haven't even really looked at the fashion from episode one and two. I loved Carrie's funeral outfit. Yeah. Can't even remember what it is now. Yeah. I thought the fashion was really, really strong. I thought you couldn't tell that it was a new a new costume designer. Like it didn't feel like some massive break with the past. Yeah. I loved the – oh, my God, the outfit Carrie wore to the recital. Just that blazer I thought was fucking amazing. And her, the, when she went to the funeral parlors the next day in the pink – I thought that Lisa, who's the new, like, friend, played by Nicole Ari Parker, her style was really nice. So the, I think the fashion was good. A plus, apart from those weird dresses. Mm. I'm excited for more episodes. I think that the first episode was hard because they were just obviously catching everybody up and having to fill everyone up in on these new storylines. And then I think they went too far with the woke thing, but I'm hoping, I think episode two was easier to watch for sure. And I also just enjoy, I found it an easy to watch. Like I would definitely just watch more, which mm-hmm. is what you want. Yeah. It is really exciting seeing them back on screens again. And I'm, I feel like there was some, yeah, it, it didn't, there's moments that didn't fully land, but it's, there's still a lot of potential for it to be a really good season. I just wanted to touch on a couple more of the like awkward tonal moments. So when Stanford's at the funeral and that woman says, can I sit here? Like big secretary. And then he goes, Mm. no, you can't. And then his husband's like, just let her sit here. And he's like, no, I need to sit here. And I was like, what is this scene? What, what is it conveying that Stanford's an asshole? Like, it's not funny. It's not sad. It's not like it, and then when Miranda comes to Carrie's house after Big dies, and they're crying, and it's really emotional and well acted, and then they just like comedically wheel out the body bag behind her face. Yeah, it, that was so random. And I was like, wait, is that meant to be a sight gag? Like, it's so random. There's just weird things where I can't figure out if they're trying to be funny or serious or neither. I agree. Like both of those things just didn't need to happen. Mm. They didn't add anything. They just confused us. And as an interview guest we spoke to this morning said, the Chucky scene where someone dressed as Chucky tries to <laughs> mug. <laughs> what the fuck what? was that? It was kind of iconic in how random it was, but it was it didn't really progress the – like it was just so bizarre. Yeah. I also find it kind of – I don't know. I find it a bit annoying that – you know, we were all so excited to see this show with these women back on screen and they're obviously middle age now, which makes it a different show and really important to show like more middle-aged representation and more just age diversity on screen. But instead it just showed all of these characters kind of just a bit sad. Mm. All of the and just talking about whether they should dye their hair because it's going grey or not. I was like, guys, no one's having sex. I don't know. It just was all a bit, like Carrie doesn't really know what's up with her career. Miranda is a Karen. Charlotte is doing nothing except living through her kids. Yeah. Living through her kids. I was just like, what's going on? And that's where Samantha would have just, yeah. 
I agree. I, know, I agree. Yeah, it felt it felt kind of sad. The tone felt sad and it felt like the writers don't like the characters almost and that they were punishing them or something. And I think that's why I felt sad about it because I thought it, it's – there's almost like a contempt f- for the – history of the show or for who the characters are, which I understand you want to like remedy some of the wrongs, but it feels, yeah, it's not as, it's not joyful. And I get not everything has to be joyful, but it kind of is the only reason we tune into a show like this is to come away yeah. feeling something nice. Okay. Instead of going on to a second topic, we're going to pivot to a semi second topic about the Peloton. So Big obviously dies on a Peloton, which I found kind of shocking. That I mean, obviously, like, what can Peloton even do about that? Nothing. They can sue, chooses- apparently. I, I was reading oh. about it. So New York Magazine said, because that was my reaction when I saw it. I thought, you've branded this so heavily to then make yeah. it associated with killing off one of the most, like, loved characters of the last 30 years of television. This is crazy. Yes. And New York Magazine said that because Peloton came out and said that they weren't told, they gave permission for the Peloton branding to be used in the episode but weren't told how it was used. Oh, my God. Are you joking? They had legal permission to sue HBO, basically. That's quite crazy. Which is crazy. But then – everyone's like no everyone's in on the joke because they created have you seen it yet this ad yes in 48 hours they turned around this ad with mr big and allegra (laughs) who's an actual peloton instructor sitting and talking over a fire and talking about how chris noth is actually really healthy and the peloton didn't kill mr big and how it's actually great for people with heart disease and ryan reynolds does the voiceover because he's the face of peloton and it's all like fun and games and peloton's kind of in on it now so i don't know if they it seems too quick to no they said that they didn't they hadn't seen it before it came out yeah but I, the the cut thing said that the people are not sure if that's true now or if they said it as part of a pr thing to create a micro controversy oh right okay because yeah i was thinking that too but then i was like i guess if they called chris north up and said i'll give you another five million dollars to be in this 30 second ad it's been a lucrative time for him literally i'm like he's had a good year a good financial year yeah yeah, because he would have been paid a shit ton for that. Yeah, so they say, Ryan Reynolds says, and just like that, the world was reminded that regular cycling stimulates and improves your heart, lungs, and circulation, reducing your risk of cardiovascular diseases. Cycling strengthens your heart muscles, lowers resting pulse rate, and reduces blood fat levels. He's alive. Just Ryan kind of Reynolds? Yeah. That's a random person to have as the face of Peloton. I picture Ryan Reynolds as being pudgy. <laughs> Do you? Do you? No. I think he's like ripped as fuck. Ripped. Yeah. Really? I mean, I haven't seen him. Ryan Reynolds' tummy. <laughs> I haven't seen him in any of his stupid superhero movies. Yeah. Oh, okay. Why do I think of him as having like a dad bod? I don't know. He has a dad bod face. <laughs> yeah, he does. He reminds me of like what you would think Chris Pratt yeah. would look like. But then I feel like Chris Pratt's probably ripped too. 
Yes, Chris Pratt like became ripped as well. But that's right. Yeah, agreed. So Ryan Reynolds, this is really interesting. Ryan Reynolds has a digital marketing company called MNTN and they create ads for people and he like is in them or he devises them. And he was hired, I think, by Peloton because they got in lots of trouble for that ad a couple of years ago that went viral because the husband gives the wife a Peloton for Christmas and everyone yeah. thought it was sexist. So he was brought in to like revamp the Peloton ads and make them like fun and funny. So he's obviously like devised his fucking digital marketing company has devised this like Mr. Big ad. He's Mr. Big is so hot when they do that throwback to him in like season two where he's super young. I was like, he is just such a handsome man. He was so well cast. Yeah. He's so hot, but I still did not need to see that masturbation scene. But I, the masturbation scene wasn't hot. That's why it felt like it felt like two geriatrics, which neither of them are. Yeah. Figuring out sex because of how they set it up. Yeah, it was really off. It was so weird. Let's do a deep dive on the masturbation scene. The only, like, sex scene in the first episode. So what happened was, obviously, you guys know, because you would have turned this episode off long ago if you hadn't watched these episodes. Uh, But, yeah, Carrie gets told by Shay to what? Step up her pussy game. That's, like, inappropriate for someone that's so woke to say in the office, I feel. Yeah. Step up her pussy game. So then, then, yeah, she refused to talk about masturbation on the pod. Then... Carrie goes home and asks Big if he masturbates, which I'm like, how have you guys not had this conversation? Or just, I don't know. They're meant to have been together for 20 years and she doesn't know if he masturbates. And, like, how is that a question, do you masturbate? Like, of course. Yeah. And then he said, I don't even know if he said yes. He asked if she does. She said yes. And then she said, show me. And just perches on the bed. And asks him to whip his willy out and jack one off. And then he reaches for the lube. I was like, stop, make it stop. I was excited because I was like, oh, my God, they're going to do an actually, like, groundbreaking sex scene with people in their late 50s masturbating together on a bed. And it's going to be not the glamorous, high shine sex scenes of the show in the past which were groundbreaking at the time it's going to be like a messy girls-esque sex scene with older people that you never see and this is going to be their version of doing something like sexually groundbreaking for the new show but then they just he starts like jacking off but it lasts like two seconds and then it's over and it's not it's not sexy at all like it's just very clinical and weird and uncomfortable and that was not fun to watch with my (laughs) in-laws I'll tell you that for nothing. I was like, is this scene never, ever, ever, ever going to end? Um, Okay, before we sign off, one tiny glimmer of the topic we were going to talk about, which we're going to obviously probably now move to the Patreon because we haven't done this research for nothing, Mm -hmm. is Olivia Wilde on the cover of Vogue. The one thing I'm going to say about it is, which is what I found out from Dumois, but the interviewer, the Vogue US interviewer also wrote it in the piece, Harry Styles and Florence Pugh's sex scene in Don't Worry Darling is apparently, like, crazy. Apparently we're all just going to be like, what the fuck? 
So very, very excited for I that. I wish she hadn't teased it because I'm like, now there's going to be a lot of anticipation. No, I don't think she did tease that. Well, I guess she showed the journalist that scene. She did because she sh- that's the scene she showed the journalist, yeah, and she talked about it. She showed the journalist, yeah, like 20 minutes or something, but then told them not to really talk about it. But then the journalist said, yeah. And then Dumois had already given it away. So I'm very excited for that, obviously. <laughs> I assumed that Don't Worry Darling was coming out soon. This is what I mean about they've hyped it too much because the piece was saying that it's not out till September next year. But she's on the cover now. Yeah, that's true. That's weird. It's weird to get her on talking about a movie that's not coming out for eight months, nine months, ten months, ten months. It's nearly a year. Yeah. Oh, also, we didn't even address this. I got my dates wrong, so you guys clearly have this episode and then next episode is christmas which is our last one till feb so congrats yeah, there'll still be episodes it's our last yeah last new one yeah but yeah there'll still be it's yeah. coming um bye okay bye i'm off to drink spagliato enjoy Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.